0: Uh, I am really excited, I, but I have never been on this little stage. I've always been singing, and I knew the lights were bright there, but they are really bright right here. I literally can't see anyone except you and you. So if you guys look like you're not having a good time, then you're just controlling what I think the whole room is feeling, so no pressure. Um, I am excited to share um, a joke with Michael. Maybe next time I share, I won't be 30-plus weeks pregnant. I'm hoping this does a good job hiding how huge I feel right now. Um, But I'm excited to be here, and I realize that a lot of you in this room probably maybe know who Michael and I are and, and know of our family and maybe a little bit of our story But some of you maybe don't don't know me at all, and you're like, who is this random girl? Well, I am not the preacher, (laughs) that's for sure, Um, but I am a preacher's daughter, and so that may help me today, or it may hurt all of you if I go long, I don't know. Um, My dad's a wonderful pastor, he's been a pastor for 30 years at um, a country church back in our hometown, Um, and I've learned a lot from him, and he normally doesn't go over, normally, Um, But I am, I do speak in the profession that I'm in. I speak at a lot of conferences uh, that have to do with our business, Um, and I normally get an hour and 15 minutes to talk, so I'm really going to work on not doing that today. Um, But Michael and I have been a part of Gaten since we got married, actually since before we got married. Uh, we came to Gaten, Michael was um, actually on staff and uh, we were engaged and I was 22 years old when we came here so we our married life this whole season of our life and the journey and the story that God has walked us through um, has been in this church family and this church family has experienced um, a lot of change and we've experienced a lot of change and um, and we've learned a lot in the last eight years um, that we've been in Richmond and I think um, one of the greatest things that we've learned is that um, God is constantly evolving our life and trying to make us aware that He wants to use us in really powerful ways. Um, And a lot of times, because we are unaware of those things, we don't live into the calling that He's given us. Um, Maybe because we seem like we're insignificant, maybe because we seem like we're too broken, maybe it's because we seem like we don't have anything to offer, and that's what I want to talk about today today. Because I think in a lot of our, in a lot of our lives, um, we have misdefined, misdefined a lot of things that we hear about in church. So I'm actually going to talk to you uh, a little bit about living generously. And living generously is something that um, Giles talked about last week. He talked about generously living a life um, by giving your time. You know, that when you give your time, you really are sacrificing a huge part and a very important part of your life for the sake of other people. Uh, And I am talking about giving of your talent, okay? And so I think about a lot of times when you think about talent, um, you think about things the way the world does. And I think that's very normal. So when you think about talent, you may think about um, some of these shows, you'll see on the screen. Um, Anyone watch those? Yes, no, it's okay if you do. I mean, America's Got Talent's a little weird sometimes, but it's fine. Um, Michael and I are personal fans of The Voice. Um, Maybe not so much American Idol, and that's because I have a chip on my shoulder, because I tried out for American Idol, and they rejected me. (laughs) So, um, now, to their credit, uh, this is, you know, like, this is the secular culture. I got up on stage, and I sang God Bless America, which was a horrible song choice. Even my mom told me, she said, Caitlin, uh you sure you don't want to sing Whitney Houston or something like that? Um, But I sang God Bless America, and I got cut from the first round. So we don't watch American Idol anymore. (laughs) Um, But when you think about talent, this is what we think of. When you think about someone who's talented, you think about the normal talents that the world describes as being talents. Um, I think it's really cool that when you think about talents... There's actually a layer, and there's a deeper definition that we don't normally think about. And I'm going to dive into that today. I'm also going to talk about some lies that we believe in our own lives that keep us from being generous with our talents in our life. So when you think about me standing on this stage, those, those of you that know me, you might look at me and think, okay, what is Caitlin going to talk about when she talks about giving of her talents, um, you're not going to look at me and think that I'm going to talk about my athletic ability because I have zero athletic ability. I have zero gardening abilities. I have all of those amazing plants we have in our house. I don't keep those alive. My mother does. Um, I have no ability in the kitchen, but I do have a very upfront talent of, I love to sing. And when you think, when you think about talents in my life, you may think about these two pictures, You may think about, okay, well, she's a wedding photographer. She's been taking photos for over a decade around the world, and now she teaches other people how to be photographers. That's my job. And that's a very um, artistic, visual, out-in-front talent that people can see. You can also see me standing on the stage singing. That's very apparent. That's not a broken or a wrong definition of talent, but it's just not complete. Those are talents that the world sees as talent, but every single person in this room has a talent. And I'm going to try to help you understand that God's view of talent in our lives is nothing, it's nothing to do with this. People that have upfront talents, um, our, our good friend, actually our best friend, her, her dad, um, has this phrase that he uses. And he says that some people are just front row. You know, people are just front row. And what he means by that is that some people have these personalities and these gifts and these abilities to just you know you just kind of always see them up front. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think sometimes people can get annoyed by upfront people. But I think upfront people normally get the credit for having talent. And there's a lot there's so much more that God has. And it's interesting to me those talents, the upfront talents that's not what God has used in my life to change people's lives. That's not how he's used me the most in the kingdom. It might seem like that from the outside, but I'm going to share something a little different as we go on. So the definition of talent, there's a, I looked it up, you know, Webster Online. There's like four different categories of what the definition would be. The first one was talking about abilities, and it gave examples like being athletic, being artistic. The second definition says it's the natural endowment of a person. So the definition of endowment is the natural capacity or power or ability that a person has. And I thought that was interesting because obviously the definition is not stemming from anything faith-based. But when you talk about talent, it's talking about something that you guys, everyone is naturally born with. Whatever, however you are wired, the things that you enjoy, that you love, that you're good at, God, specifically wired and pieced you together in a unique way in order to serve his purposes. And talent though has been defined as just being this. So I wanna read something to you and I'm very anti reading things from a stage, but you know what, I'm just gonna do it because I think whoever wrote this excerpt, it's an excerpt from a book that was written by someone that goes to um, Willow Creek Church. Is that right, Michael? Yes, he may have found this for me, so he gets some credit here. I don't think I could reword this and remember all the parts because there's so much that goes into defining talent that I was never really aware of. So it says, unfortunately, the word talent is often misunderstood. We automatically think of special abilities such as playing the piano and singing and writing poetry, dancing ballet, perhaps athletic abilities like soccer or tennis. But in the context of evaluating those things we possess that may be useful when it comes to service, The word talent has a much wider meaning. So yes, it does include those things. It includes the artistic and athletic abilities that we usually think of, but it also encompasses so much more. So let's start with your unique personality and your character traits. Are you outgoing? Are you contemplative? Are you determined? Are you stubborn? Are you a visionary? Are you thoughtful, intentional? Are you funny? All of those parts describe how God uniquely made you. There are also characteristics that God intends to use in your service to him. Your talents also include your life experiences. So your professional work history, your family background, your education level, the wisdom that you gained from every single season of your life, relationships, connections that you have with other people. No one has ever lived the same life as you. We also have interests. We have passions. God has placed specific passions in our hearts. So you may care about animals or the environment. You may be fascinated by politics. I don't know why you would be, but you may be. um, You may be passionate about running marathons. Again, don't understand that, but some of you do. Whatever are the objects of your deepest interest, these are the things that may provide clues into your particular way that God has wired you to serve. So when considering what your talents are, we need to consider above everything else that God has a plan. And he wants to use you in his plan through your abilities, your personalities, your passions, your pursuits, your knowledge that you have, your experiences, your relationships, your networks. These are all resources that we possess that, pe- that can be used in one way or another. And isn't it funny that when, I, when you walked in this room before you heard all that, if someone had walked up to you and said, what do you think of when you think of someone who's talented? You think of people that can do stuff out front. People can watch and be entertained by. People can be impressed by. And yet this is saying, no, 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 God has so much more in store for us. And this is actually damaging to define talent this way. It is defined that way, but it's not a complete definition. So I, love, I loved reading that, but I also realized that reading what I just read to you means that nobody's off the hook. It means that no one can leave here today and be like, oh, that's great, she talked about talent. I don't have any, so I don't have to worry about that. It means every single person is held accountable, and I'm really sorry I just did that to you. But I think it's good for us. Um, even if you don't possess visible, upfront talent, that everybody can readily see God has uniquely designed, wired, and created you to serve and to give with different talents in your life. So I think there's two different people in this room. I think there are people in here that probably just heard that and you're like, okay, I think I know, I think I understand, I think I know what my talents are. And then there's other people who are sitting there thinking, I still don't get it, Caitlin. I still don't get what my talent may be. I still don't know what God wants to do with me. And that's okay. I want to give you some examples of some often overlooked talents, some often overlooked pieces of y'all's lives that a lot of times maybe you don't realize. And it's true for my own life as well. It's not like Caitlin's got this all figured out. I don't. I just think that there's some certain aspects of our lives and who we are that we just write off as being nothing when really God intentionally wired us to be able to use these parts of our life. So here's some examples. Maybe you are a natural nurturer. I'll give you an example. In our family, you sit down at the dinner table. I will never be the person who looks around the dinner table and automatically notices that two people don't have drinks and then get up and go to the kitchen and get them a glass of water. I am not that person. I really wish that I was. My mom and my sister, they're those people. They are natural caregivers. That's not me, but some people, that might be you. Um, Intentionality. Some of you in the room can remember, I don't know how you do it, but you remember everybody's birthday. You can probably think about someone in your life that does that. I can't do that. I don't have that intentionality um, talent in my life. I have a friend, Mae Ledford, who's really talented. She probably doesn't consider it a talent, but she's really talented at asking really good questions. We spent one weekend with her and Philip, and I feel like she knows me better than most anybody in my life because she's so gifted at asking really good questions when she's getting to know people, and she's passionate about that. Maybe you um, are able to play nonstop with kids, Chloe Hubbard. There's people in, <laughs> There are people in um, my daughter's life, she, I'm just telling you right now, um, we're working on this, but she hates being left. She screams her head off. We're working on that, and you know who can make it better? Chloe Hubbard. And that's not... That's not something that everybody can do. That's not, that is something that she's unique, uniquely gifted at. Maybe you have no fear talking to strangers. Let me just tell you about my brother-in-law, Joe. He can talk to anyone, literally anyone, and he could talk to them for hours. Sometimes we have to pull him away from conversations with people that we don't even know who these people are. But he's uniquely gifted in that. We were at Chick-fil-A this week. He had the kids in the play zone. Michael comes back, and we're like, oh, where's Joe? He's like, oh, he's just hearing the life story of someone in the playground. And that's a gift to people. I can't do that. Michael can't do that. Joe can do that, and he's gifted at that. And that's a way God uniquely wired him to change the kingdom and to be a gift in this world. Maybe you were raised, this is getting into a different area. Maybe you were raised in a difficult home. Maybe you were raised in a home where relationships didn't come as easy as what you see around you. Maybe you have a story of hurt. Maybe, and you would never say, Caitlin, that's not a talent. Maybe you don't define it necessarily as a talent. But if you're going off that excerpt I read and you believe that God gave you the life you have for a reason, then he gave, that for, that he gave you that life and those experiences and the victories and the struggles for a very intentional purpose. Because he wants to use you. But a lot of times, and I'm getting ahead of myself, I always do this. A lot of times, when there's anything that's not perfect and beautiful and curated and, you know, Instagram worthy is what I always use when I'm giving business talks. We hide that stuff. We don't want to talk about that stuff. Because that stuff, no one wants to hear about it. We just went through a really hard season, which I'll get to in a minute. That I would never consider a talent but I do consider it a part of an intentional story that God's been writing in our life. So maybe, let's, let's not keep it so heavy. We'll give some more examples. Maybe you're passionate about part of society that often feels forgotten, like Sarah Beasley. She's passionate about jail ministry, and that's not a ministry that people are flocking to. God has uniquely drawn her in to that part of society to be a light. Maybe you're good at being funny. That's, no, no one in my family would define me as being funny, and I'm, that's fine. But my best friend is hilarious. And she can make any any season of life, no matter how difficult, joyful. And that's the way God wired her. Maybe you're a big picture person. Maybe you're able to see into the future and what things could be. Maybe you're a doer and you love getting stuff done. Maybe you see things differently. Like Julie, who emailed the Nexus team recently, and was like, I think we could do more with that bulletin board. Sorry, <laughs> get, a little, get a little too excited up here. <laughs> Maybe you have a story of loss. Maybe you have experienced great success in business or other parts of your life. Maybe you naturally see the world in a positive way. That doesn't seem like a big deal, but that's the way my husband is wired. You will never be around Michael and he's talking about like, oh, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. I've never heard him say anything like that. He never views the world that way. He's a naturally, God has gifted him to be naturally positive and chill. And I'm not like that. So you can imagine how interesting that is in our marriage. So maybe you get this whole redefining talents. Maybe you understand what I'm trying to explain to you. But how exactly does this look in everyday life? What does it really look like to figure out what your talent is, but then actually put it to good use for the glory of the Lord and for the kingdom work that he wants you to do? I want to encourage you that God is at work in the simple, the mundane, everyday aspect of our lives that we don't even realize it. And the first step is telling him to show you. I was scrolling through Instagram the other day, and I follow um, this woman who started this women's conference. And she had uh, this woman speaking, it was just a 60-second clip, but she gave this example. She was speaking to a room of women, and she's like, women, I hear all the time that you think That you have nothing to offer. You're too busy taking care of everyone else for you to be a light and a gift to the world. But you know what? You know that moment last week where you came home and you had a babysitter and you had 10 minutes around the kitchen counter with her? You just asked her how she was doing because that's the polite thing to do. And she shared with you that she's struggling to figure out where she should go to college and you struggled with that? That was an experience that you had that God brought you through? You don't realize it, but you taking five minutes to speak life and encouragement into that 18-year-old girl. You're not her mom. You're not her Sunday school teacher. You're not her youth pastor. You're just a woman that knows the Lord and that wants to make an impact. Five-minute conversation with that little girl, 18-year-old girl, around your island in your kitchen. She's gonna remember that. That's you using a piece of your story, of talent God's given you, a victory in your life, to encourage somebody else. It doesn't have to be rocket science to use your talents and to use them generously. God doesn't want us to just use talent, just use our gifts and our story within the walls of the church. And Michael and I learned this in a really interesting way. If you look on the screen, it's really crazy to see this picture now. Um, This was back when Michael was full-time youth pastor here and I was hanging out with the girls. We're really involved, but there was something wrong with the season of our life. And it was that Caitlin, I really thought that the only impact, the greatest impact that we could have, was because my husband was on staff at a church. There's something magical about ministry. Now, ministry's wonderful, it's, ministry's great. Ministry's the reason we're all gathered in this room and God has, uh, has allowed us to start this awesome new service and reach a bunch of new people. Ministry's awesome, don't get me wrong. But when we started praying about, hey, like we Michael may need to join me in business because we're growing so fast, like I don't know. The reason why we struggle with it so much is because I didn't believe that God could use me and change the world through me and through my husband if we were not on staff at a church. And God broke that down really intensely. Leaving youth ministry was really hard on us. And there are parents in this room who have kids that have now graduated college, which blows my mind, that walked through that season with us. They know it was not easy. But the lie that I was believing was just that. It was such a lie. Because what Michael and I have seen is that as we have taken ministry and our talents not the visible ones of just taking pictures, but every part of who we are. And we said, God, if we're gonna leave youth ministry, this paid staff position at a church, if we're not gonna be doing that and we're not gonna be spending our time with that, you've gotta show us how we can change people's lives as wedding photographers. And I don't know how you're gonna do that, but you gotta show me how. And he has. How did that happen? Well, Michael and I, sure, we can take pretty pictures. That's the visible outside talent, but the internal talent is, is that we both have a high relational capacity. It's a, one of those under the surface talents you don't realize, but we started realizing as we asked God to show us how he was gonna use us in our business, our high relational capacity allowed us to start forming friendships with our couples. It means that we can maintain and enjoy large volume of relationships, and it doesn't drain us, it gives us life. And that's exactly how God wanted to use us in our business. So let me show you. If you look on the screen, I'm going to show you f- and, and share with you a few examples because, and I got to be careful in the way I say this. Um, we have seen God transform more lives outside of the walls of the church through our everyday life running a business than we have necessarily being. In the throes of ministry. And that's not because ministry wasn't effective. It's because in this season of our life, this is what God has for us, and we're leaning into that. So these are three stories, three out of probably a hundred. I mean, I asked Michael to sit in the bed with me this morning and try to pick through, like, are these the best stories? We have so many stories that we could share, and even more so now that we just walked through our season of losing a child. But let me give you an example. Natalie... It's on the far left. Uh, I have an under-the-radar talent of um, forming friendships and not being afraid to go deep. I, I don't have that fear. Some people are really fearful of that, and that's okay, but one of my talents is that I really am okay and I feel comfortable going deep. I didn't know Natalie. I knew that she was a big deal in the wedding photography world. She emailed me to photograph her wedding, and I was honored. But she called me, I was at an airport. She called me and she said, hey, I know we're supposed to do my engagement session this week, but I just got diagnosed with a brain tumor. So I've gotta go to a lot of specialists. I'm just gonna have to put the engagement session on hold. And her voice was shaky and she was nervous and I don't even know the girl. And this is probably risky as a business owner, but I said, can I just pray with you really quick on the phone? I prayed with her on the phone there. That was the beginning of our friendship. Three and a half years later, I was at a conference with her um, in a hotel in California, and I prayed with her again, but this time we were sitting on a bed at a hotel right on the side of the Pacific Ocean, and she accepted Christ. It wasn't an immediate life change. She's now um, two weeks ahead of me giving birth to her first child, which is a miracle considering her brain tumor. Um, Some of you from Richmond, that you may know her story. We photographed her wedding while she was battling cancer. And she lost her battle with cancer. But on her wedding day, my husband, one of his under-the-radar gifts, is that Michael on wedding days, and just in life in general, but specifically on wedding days, he is so good at seeing physical needs, not just for me. I mean, sometimes he's... He's helping other people like wedding vendors and like the venue owners and the caterers. And I'm like, hey, 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 you you got to help me too. Um, he's, he helps people physically with whatever they need. You need something to be loaded up. You need to unpack something. You need me to run and go get something. On this in particular, on this day, Perrin, because of her cancer, because of her treatment, she was in so much pain that Michael carried around a chair all day long. So that every time that I got them into a pose, she could sit down and rest because she was in so much pain. Michael probably only took a handful of pictures that day, but God used him in a different capacity. And you you can overlook those things. You can say, well, that's no big deal. No, it is a big deal. Because that is the way God has gifted my husband. And it was a gift to her. She has beautiful family pictures that they used on the announcements on their for the funeral. And when they announced that she was no longer with us. And that was... One of the highlights of my career, to be able to give her family beautiful pictures and to make sure she was physically comfortable in the process. That's just a simple way of God using Michael's under-the-radar talents. Last but not least, Megan and Justin. Anyone eating at Kona Grill down the street? Yeah? It's okay. It's not great. Hope no one owns it. Um, it's great. It's fine. Um, maybe I'm just pregnant. I'm speaking for pregnancy. I it doesn't sound good right now. I went to a photographer meet and greet. Literally, I don't know, Michael, what was it, seven, eight years ago? It was a long time ago. And Megan showed up, brand new photographer, followed us online, sat down with her in a booth, had a conversation, and somehow the topic of Michael and I and our relationship and our decision to not have sex until we were married came up. It's a pretty interesting topic to come up with someone you don't know that well. But it was life-changing for her. I don't even think I'd shared that online, on the blog or Instagram, anything like that. She just knew that we loved the Lord and she knew that we had made some type of commitment to purity with one another. She also knew that we started dating when we were 16 years old and we kept that commitment for eight years until we got married. And it's hard to do, and I'm proud of us. But that conversation with Megan continued for years, through email, through text, I never saw her that much it wasn't like this huge relationship that we fostered. it was just me being willing to take a piece of our story that God wrote, we saved ourselves for marriage we took that one piece of that story and she made it to her wedding day and it was a gift for her their marriage it was it was something life changing for her that she had an older woman I was only five years older than her at the time but she had an older woman in her life encouraging her and supporting her with something that she felt like God called her and Justin to do. And that's a way God used me. He didn't use my ability to take beautiful wedding pictures. He used Michael and I's story of purity. Do you see the pattern? Do you see how when God says that he wants to use you, it's not, well, great, I can't be on worship team, I don't want to be a greeter, and I don't want to speak, so I don't need to be used at church. That's not what it's about. So let's say let's say we have ideas and we think like okay I can do this but why doesn't happen more often why aren't more people using their talents for the kingdom why do we hide and shrink back why does it not happen easily for us I think it's because we believe a few lies These are the lies I think we believe Lie number 1 is that I'm not needed Caitlin, why am I going to share my talents, my story, my experiences? I'm not really needed. No one's asking me to do this. 1 Corinthians 12. You can go to the screen. 21 through 22. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. The fact, some par- in fact, some body parts, <clears throat> some parts of the body that seem the weakest. So the parts of the body that are saying, I'm not needed, are actually the most necessary. I don't think I really need to say more about that lie. I think Jesus said it for us. I think we've realized that when it comes to being a part of the body, everybody has a role to play. But normally in churches, Aaron, someone can fix this if it's wrong. I think the the statistic was, out of a church body, 20% of the people do 100% of the work because people sit back. They don't think they have talents. They don't define their talents as talents. They say, well, that's great. People up front, they'll stay up front. I don't need to do anything. I don't need to be involved. Lie number two, I can't do what so-and-so can do, so why even try? I'll tell you this. I could talk about this a long time. When you're not in a faith setting, if I wasn't talking about faith, comparison in general is crippling. As a business owner, my best ideas, my most successful ideas are when I did something that no one else has even tried. When you compare yourself in the same vein, when you compare yourself within the bodies of the church, you're missing out on so much, and we're missing out on so much. Verse 15, now if the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. The third lie is that I need to be asked before I can give of my talent I need someone to come to me and say, Caitlin, you do this, and then I'll do it. The problem with that is is that not everyone knows your talent. Only you can ask the Lord to show you that. I can't look out in this room and pinpoint what God wants to do, and other people can't do that for you. So that's why we have to take the initiative, and we can't sit back and wait for someone to come and find us and get us. We have to be the ones that say, God, I'm ready to be used. Verse 31 says, so whether you eat or drink or do whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So you think about that lie, you think about the fact that I'm just going to sit back and wait. No, God has already commanded us. Whatever we do, we're doing it for his name and for his glory. Lie number four, I can't share my talent or my story, and this is a hard one. I can't share my talent or my story or my experience because it's just too painful. And I can speak to that. I don't know what your story may be. I don't know what pain is associated with maybe God using a part of your life. Maybe it's rejection. Maybe it's a bad relationship. Maybe it's crippling anxiety. How could God use crippling anxiety, my story with that, to help other people? I could, there's a lot of ways. Addiction. Marriage struggles. Marriage struggles. We all have parts of our life that we feel like we should hide. Michael and I have had, we made a decision three and a half, I don't know, maybe four years ago um, to do something that is not probably very popular. Um, we weren't in a horrible place, but we just, I don't think we were in the healthiest place. The wheels weren't falling off, but we hired a marriage counselor, relationship coach, whatever you want to call her. It's the best decision we've ever made for a marriage. And one of the greatest things that she has made us see, which is interesting that we learned this way before this past year happened to us. She made us realize that every fight that we have, every struggle we have relationally, every hardship that happens in our life, instead of viewing it like, why me, God, what if we viewed it as like, it's an opportunity? Instead of a fight that we reoccurringly have, instead of viewing it like, really, again, we're fighting about this again. What if we viewed it as every single time that it happened, we're building up the blocks to fix the solution instead of it's just a lost cause? That's a victim mentality. The truth is the hard parts, the lie that we believe that too much of our life, we should just hide the painful parts. The truth is the pain in our life is a huge opportunity for God to use us. But it's scary, and I know it's scary. Let me give you one more example from a couple that we worked with. I'm not going to show her picture. I'm not going to show her picture because her story is not public. It came through an email. This bride, some of you know, I'll just share this, that about this time last year, we had just, we were five days into knowing that our baby boy that I was 20 weeks pregnant with was not going to survive. He was also not supposed to survive more than like two weeks inside of me. But that little boy survived 11 weeks inside of me, and he was a fighter. And so that meant that we were approaching wedding season, and I had to cancel some weddings. Um, I shot one wedding pregnant with him, and it was really hard. This one wedding for this uh, specific bride She said, you know, hey, I understand why you can't chew our wedding. It ended up being only a week or two after I delivered James that we lost him. The day of her wedding was the day that we had his memorial service. And she sent us flowers on her wedding day. But that's not the sweet part. The sweet part is that God used me in her life. It wasn't anything. I didn't even take pictures for her. And God used our story. This is an email we got from her. She had a miscarriage soon after their, their wedding um, back in the fall, she emailed me and she said, as difficult as the last two weeks have been talking about their loss, I wanted you to know how much strength and comfort I have found in thinking of you, Michael, and your baby. I keep telling myself, if Caitlin can walk through losing James, I can walk through losing this baby. As someone who's been mad at God throughout most of my life, I fully expected my daily relationship that I'm trying to seek out with him now to diminish. How could I not be mad at God for the loss of this precious baby? But to my surprise, the anger never came. I've been sad, I've been devastated, I've been numb, I've been confused and hurt, but I haven't been angry. And I have to believe that the freedom from that anger has come, at least in part, from knowing your story and seeing the faith and the love that you showed when you carried your baby boy and when you lost him. I cannot thank you enough for your example. I needed my faith through this experience, and it's been there. I hope you won't mind how much of this I've shared with you. I just want you to know how grateful I am for you, for Michael, for baby James. I have so admired your dedication to his story. You know what's interesting about that is that she mentioned, I hope you don't mind that I've shared this. These stories are the greatest gift. It gives purpose to the baby that we lost. But so often we think about the pain in our life and we think about what we've been through and instead of letting God use it, we shove it away. We push it down because it's hard for us to deal with so we definitely don't wanna burden the world. The encouraging thing that I've learned is that God is in the business of using every single part of our lives. Whether you're on stage and you're, you're singing, whether you're serving behind the scenes, whether you are using gifts you didn't even know you had, or whether you are taking the worst story of your life and helping other people survive theirs, God wants to use you. Some of you are carrying a lot of baggage. Some of you are carrying really hard things that I can tell you from experience That when you let God break through the pain and you let him start to heal you, it is the most beautiful thing to experience joy from the ashes. And that's, we sing songs about that. We sing songs about taking courage, trusting the Lord, God be my strength. And that's what it's all about. Letting God take your life, the things that seem unnecessary, the things that seem hurtful, and letting him use you in it. You can't believe that God's a big God and he's not in the inner workings of every little part of our life. You can't truly believe that. Either he's a big God and he's always good, even when life sucks, stinks. Ooh. It's just teenagers in here, it's fine. Either God is a big God and he's a good God all the time, or he's not good at all. There's no, you cannot pick and choose based on your life circumstances. And that's what we've learned in our season of losing our our little boy. And, And I'll tell you what, it's really hard to be pregnant again with another little boy and just praying that we don't lose this one. But I have to believe God is in the business of using everything. My baby boy was not a mistake. Every hurt, every pain, every struggle that you guys are facing are not a mistake. And let me say this, Valleys are valleys. You may look at me and be like, that's great, Caitlin, that's a powerful story, but I didn't lose a child like that, so I don't have the power to share with other people. Valleys are valleys. If you're struggling to figure out what to do with your life because you're young and you're going to have to pick a school, that's a valley. That's a struggle. It's a hard season of life. If you lost a child, you're trying to make a job change and it's stressful, struggles are struggles, and God wants to use all of it. So what is our challenge? Our challenge is to realize that God defines talent. He defines what we can do for the kingdom. He defines it so much differently than we do. And thank God for that. Because if we only had people on this earth that could serve with upfront talents, it'd be a really boring place and we wouldn't function very well. My challenge to you is to leave today committing to fully viewing your purpose and your talent the way Jesus does. Pray and ask God to show you how he wants you to use your talents for the kingdom. Here's a first step. It can be overwhelming to be like, now I gotta go home and figure all this out. Here's your first step. God wants you to have a desire to be used first. When you have a desire to be used, like God, I don't know what Caitlin was talking about, but I know I wanna do more with my life and I wanna live it for you, the good, the bad, the hard. I wanna give it all to you and I wanna see you transform it because that's where I'm gonna find true joy. All you have to do first is to have a desire to make that happen and to tell him about it. Opportunity will follow. You don't need to know right now what conversations you need to have. Some of you are planners, you're like, I need to outline this. No, you just need to go home and you need to tell God, Please, show me how I can live like this. Some of us are stubborn, like myself, and God has put me in situations the last couple years that have forced me to figure this out, and I'm grateful for it. If you look on the screen, um, this is our little boy, James, that we miss. But if you remember anything from this, it's whatever your story is whatever your talents are, everything you've walked through, the messy, the seemingly imperfect parts of your life, it is all purposeful. Lean in to the talents that God has given you, and lean into the hurts, because that is where true joy is found, when God can take the ashes and make something beautiful from it. I know this is a hard way to end. It's a little heavy, But I hope it resonates in your heart that speaking about living generously with your talents isn't something that we should take lightly. It's something that could literally change every aspect of the way we view our life. So as we come to the close, I'm going to say, worship team, come on up. Um, As we come to the end of our service, my challenge to you is to go home and to really ask God to show you how he wants to move and work in your life in this area. We're talking about giving generously with our time and our talent. Next week, it's about giving. This is a time in our service where you can give back to God financially. If you are new and you're a visitor, this isn't something that you need to do. But this is a time where we can serve and give and honor the Lord with what he's given us already. Can I pray with you? God, we thank you so much that you are not a God that leaves us in the darkness. God, that you're not a God that just threw us on this earth and said, I hope you figure it out. God, I am so thankful for the passage in Corinthians where you share with us and where you promise us that every single one of us has a purpose and a job to do and that you specifically designed us to be able to be a gift to this world and a gift to others. God, help us to find our purpose, help us to take courage when it comes to seeking out what you have for us, God. We love you and we lift you high. We are thankful for you. Thank you for your unending love and you have a promise to never leave us. God, I pray that as we sing this last song, God, you'll be lifted high, that you'll be praised for never failing us. All this in your name. Amen.